1: Fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll go uh, till 8 p.m. tonight with Lakers Talk. Jovan Buha coming on at 7.30. We got a lot to get into and a lot of stuff breaking. I, I do want to real quick, um, for those who got a chance, come out to the Mandy Awards on, uh, on Friday night. What a great event. Um, obviously, the entire station spent a lot of the time talking about it. For me, one of the things that stands out most, no question about it, when people say that they've been listening to me since Lakers Talk, Lakers Talk's been around now for seven years. And every time somebody says, hey, Slee, listen, to, love Lakers Talk, love the coverage around the Lakers, that always means the world to me. So I appreciate those that I got a chance to meet. And um, and, and certainly it means a lot when, there's a, uh, when we're talking about Lakers Talk. So um, this is some of the breaking news that's going on right now. Over you could say the last couple of hours, a few things started. I had, a, I had already the show all lined up. Thought I was going to be talking about the question marks about Kyrie Irving. Could Kyrie Irving eventually end up with this Lakers team? Would he actually sign the mid-level exception at six point three million and leave thirty million dollars on the table? Um, the more and more chatter that we were listening to over the last, you know, you could say three four days. And certainly this morning, it kind of dominated the headlines as far as sports goes and certainly dominate, dominated the headlines for Travis and showing Mason in Ireland. Um, and then the news came out that, uh, um, that uh, Kyrie Irving has decided to stay. He's going to pick up that uh, $36 million player option for next season. He's going to return to the Nets. That pretty much shut all that noise up. And there, I, I got a couple thoughts on this. Um, you know, there's no situation that's perfect for the Lakers. And um, we understand that that move last year with Russell Westbrook, it, it really kind of it, it hand-tied the Lakers. And, and just the fact that the Lakers don't have that much draft compensation and everything else. So this was kind of a pipe dream. But even though there was a little bit of a shot at it, it was still something that you kind of started to feel a little bit of hope on just because it was dragging on as long as it does, and just because top-notch reporters like Sham Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, um, Sam Amick had something in The Athletic uh, uh, a day ago or so, I think that things were, the Lakers were trying to do what they can on their end, but really it was just going to come down to Kyrie, and if he wanted to sacrifice that much money, the answer is he's going to stay with the Brooklyn Nets, and that clarifies that. And I I, I guess the, the, the biggest thing to me, um, you know, Lakers were on a list of teams. They were reporting for a sign-and-trade. It's not like the Lakers really have that much to give back in a sign-and-trade, and I don't think too many people are interested in Russell Westbrook, uh, Russell Westbrook. And I think with all that in mind, I think the end result and the scenario that played out shouldn't be that shocking or surprising. It really shouldn't. Um, you can get excited, and I know we're on a platform in Sports Talk Radio where – Maybe we hype things up too much, but it's not trying to hype things up. When you feel like something is is still, there is some hope to it or it's being delayed or, like I said, these top-notch reporters are reporting that this is something that he could potentially do, that's why I think we followed it. But uh, a couple hours ago, that, uh, that went away. Um, the other side of it as well, this is something that just came out here in the last, you could say, half hour or so. This is one of the cool things, too. At this time of the year, there's just always so many things that are breaking. In the last half hour or so, Tim McMahon had put out, Tim McMahon covers um, the Rockets for ESPN. Rockets and John Wall have reached a buyout agreement shaving $6.5 off this $47.4 million salary. When that happened, uh, two things happened. Now the Lakers would not be able, if they still wanted to trade Russ, they wouldn't be able to trade him and his salary to the Houston Rockets for John Wall. And you guys remember coming up at the trade deadline, there was some conversation about that. The Rockets were adamant, hey, we want draft compensation. We'll go ahead and take Russ and that expiring contract. We'll give you John Wall, but you have to compensate us with draft, uh, with some type of a draft pick or who knows, maybe they're asking for multiple picks, whatever it was. That seems to be what every single team in the NBA has continued to emphasize when it comes to Russ. We'll take them off your hands. But if we take them off your hands, we want draft compensation. And in this case, not only did the Rockets and the Lakers not be able to make a deal because he reached a buyout agreement with uh, the Rockets, Woj put out a tweet 20 minutes ago. John Wall is planning to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers once he clears waivers, sources tell ESPN. Other teams are calling to pursue Wall in free agency, but his intention is to join the Clippers. Sources tell ESPN. Okay. That is a lot of breaking news over the course of the last couple of hours. So I want to give some opportunity to react to it. Um, the John Wall situation to me is – I'm not as – I have no idea what John Wall is going to be for the rest of his career. I really don't, and I don't think anybody does Um he had his injuries, and then the Rockets have no had no interest in actually playing him. So I don't know what John Wall's going to be. So he goes to the Clippers in a buyout agreement. Is he going to be the John Wall? Is he going to be 75% of the John Wall we used to watch back in the day when he was with the Washington Wizards? Or is he going to be just a, uh, a shell of himself, uh, just a, based upon coming off the injuries, his age, and everything else? I don't have the answer to that. But what I will say is I think the 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 idea and the concept when you're a team that has a chance to win it all and you get to free agency or the buyout market you usually get to you usually get to sway players to come your way because there is this hey you got a chance to win a ring here and if you win that ring you know they they go um they're chasing rings at the end of their career. That's common. The Lakers have taken advantage of that in some years. You could say last year coming in when it was LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russ came, you got some guys that looked like they were trying to chase a ring. Whether it was Dwight Howard coming back or it was Carmelo Anthony thinking, hey, maybe I could get my first chip. I remember Travis and I, we were doing our show um, last year in October when we're getting an opportunity to do, we're at the Lakers training facility doing media day. And it was just surreal. It's like you're watching all these hall of famers walk around. And there was definitely this, I'm not trying to justify, Oh, well that's the right approach right now. I'm just saying that this is Well, we walked the last year. You thought the Lakers had a legitimate chance to win a championship. I think what happens and what we'll see this off season is that the Lakers are certainly not a team on the top of everybody's list on the Western Conference. Nor are they they top three, nor are they probably top five or top six. I I don't know where most people want to put them. But situations like John Wall, if you were going to take a chance on a player that in the past was an all-star and was a really good player in this league, if that player is starting to look at, hey, I want to go win an NBA championship, they're going to pass up teams like the Lakers. Because the Lakers last year proved – that there are other teams you can go to and still have a shot at winning the whole thing. There's other teams that you could go to and they have a better shot of winning an NBA championship. So that's that's kind of what I took out of the John Wall situation, that a situation like the Clippers for John Wall was more attractive to the situation that the Lakers are currently in. Um, and this isn't me trying to throw shade at the team. Or anything like that. I, I just think that's the reality of the Lakers' situation. Until they convince other players um that they would be in that conversation I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be lining up a lot of these vets are going to be lining up to play with the Lakers the buyout market you guys remember a little over a year ago year and a half ago remember when Andre Drummond decided to pick the Lakers in the buyout market and that's something that you know that kind of follows LeBron James guys that are trying to win a chip if the roster is good enough I feel like that that clout is gone I feel like that um that used to be something that you could attach to the Lakers, and I think the John Wall is a perfect example that maybe that's not there anymore. And the reason why I set it up this way is because when free agency starts here uh, on July 1st at 3 p.m., um, when when free agency just starts – actually, I'm sorry, that's going to be on Thursday at 3 p.m. is when free agency starts. When, when that starts – I don't think that the players that you think would be, hey, that guy wants to come to the Lakers because he wants to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis, I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't know if we're going to get guys that want to take some discounts or play for a little bit less, kind of chase that ring, because they probably feel they could do that with a couple teams in the Eastern Conference, a couple teams in the Western Conference. Um, so that, that's kind of the way I, uh, I I look at that John Wall situation and what I take away from it. Um, couple things I want to do. We got to go to break right now. Uh I think the Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis is becoming more and more realistic. I want to talk a little bit about that because his contract, he still has not opted in yet uh for that $47 million, but I, I, everybody expects him to do that. It is put the Lakers in an interesting situation because now you're really just depending on working with the pieces that you have rather than allowing free agency to be a big part of the mix here of improving your team. So when we come back, we can talk a little bit about that. If you're out driving around or you're listening on the podcast, uh, first off, I appreciate you doing so. But if you want to be a part of Lakers Talk, 877-710-ESPN, feel free to give me your thoughts on the Kyrie Irving situation, John Wall choosing the Clippers, And then, uh, like I mentioned, Jovan Buha will come on at 7.30 from The Athletic. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: A little bit of reggae here to some Lakers talk on a Monday night here in the middle of summer. All right, not the best day for Lakers. Not the best day. By the way, if you're trying to um, feel positive about Lakers basketball, shut down your Twitter. Just turn it off. Don't deactivate your account. Um, Kyrie Irving decides to stay. This is the way the day started. (laughs) This is the way the day is ending. Kyrie Irving decided to stay with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So he's going to play out the final year of his contract, which, by the way, let me just – let me – from that perspective bro get your money i mean the guy 17 million last year he left on the table because he didn't take his uh didn't take the vaccination shots uh from what it sounds like nike's not going to re-up with him he's going to give up 30 million dollars i mean that just sounded like um that sounded that didn't sound like it was realistic let's put it that way and that's that's probably the best way that i can describe it with that being said um he's got you know, I, I I don't know what's in Kyrie's mind when it comes to basketball. I don't know where he is priority-wise, but he'll play out the final year there. They'll try to go Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and run it back in the Eastern Conference, and we'll see what happens. The other one is John Wall. If you thought maybe John Wall would come to the Lakers based upon a buyout with the Houston Rockets, the answer is no. He's joined in the Clippers. Somebody has send this out. i got to find this here real quick. Some of the depth for the Clippers and every position, they got a couple guys deep. Now, let me also mention that, you know, this Clipper piece, I was getting a chance to do a show with Jim Hill on uh, Saturday on CBS uh, Sports Central. He does a Sports Central show on the weekends. And we were talking about what teams got a shot to win a championship out of the Western Conference. And Clippers came up as one of the one of the conversations since they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they've been disappointing in the sense that they've either had injuries or they blew a 3-1 lead. They haven't been able to put everything together. So they got incredible depth, add John Wall to the mix there, they got the right role players, but man, that's a franchise that you look at and you're like, "All right, until they actually put this whole thing together, um I, I don't it's a, it should work, right? You, you feel like you got the right coach, you feel like they got they got the right front office and everything else that comes with it." But at the same time, um, adding John Wall to the mix, we'll see if this is a, a big-time deal or if it's not that big of a deal. And I don't know what John Wall's got left in the tank, so I'm not going to try to uh, figure out how he's going to fit there with, uh, with the Clippers. Um, it's impossible to talk Lakers basketball without bringing up Russ, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. It's impossible to talk Lakers basketball without bringing up Russ's contract. This is, you know, when you go all in, like the Lakers did last summer, um, you're all in. This is the hand that you're playing with. There is no backing out, or if you're trying to back out, which I think the Lakers, if they obviously had an opportunity to trade that Rust deal, I think they can, or I think they would, but I don't think they can, or they're they're not thinking that it's beneficial to them if they did move it, and now you're taking on different contracts. You've got to give up draft compensation. They've kind of uh, they they've given the message that, well, If we can't get what we want, then we're going to play with Bron Russ and Anthony Davis next year. This is a perfect example of when Russ taps back into that $47 million contract that he's owed next year, just how difficult the situation is for the Lake Show. Man, that contract is bad. I don't know of another contract in sports that is as bad as Russ's. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to throw shade at Russ. Look, if somebody's willing to pay you that money, you you sign the damn deal and you move from there. But the fit with Russ, LeBron and Anthony Davis and to have 47 million dollars of your cap space going to Russ really really I think puts the Lakers in a difficult bind. And I think that's going to start on Thursday when 3 PM rolls around and free agency starts. I think we're going to see it. Right? Like I think I think the chances of the Lakers Really making some type of move or doing anything, I'm losing less and less hope on. And by all indications, when Darvin Ham became the head coach of the Lakers, I did. I still. I started kind of swinging towards the pendulum, or the pendulum started swinging towards. Hey, you know what? Maybe Russ is going to stay. Look, they're they're talking about how they're going to use Russ. They're talking about areas that he's got to improve on. Um, Darvin Ham went on Rich Eisen. He was he was mentioning some of that. Um, Basically, Russ is committed. He's all in. He's challenged him, and he's accepting the challenge. So I think we're at a stage now where accepting the fact that LeBron, Russ, and Anthony Davis are going to have to run it back next year, um, that's the reality of the situation. And you start looking at that Western Conference and you start looking at some of the challenges that the Lakers are going to face, the thing that stands out to me most, they're not going to get that much outside help. So if the franchise is going to turn around – and if they are going to get back into playoff contention let's not let, let's not talk lakers basketball and talk about championship contention cuz we it would be inaccurate to do that it would be disingenuous for me to say that they just got to get back into in the playoff contention and that doesn't mean that they can get the right matchup and, and who knows where they go from there, but they just got to get back to playoff contention. Championship contention means the Golden State Warriors, it means the Boston Celtics, it means the Milwaukee Bucks. It's, it's, that, that should be saved for teams like that that have shown they could win a championship or have got to the NBA Finals or they're building something that you feel like is sustainable. So when I say that, it it, it kind of falls into the hands of Will LeBron James in his 20th season in the NBA be able to to replicate what he did a year ago? Will Anthony Davis be able to replicate what he did two years ago? Will Russ be able to change his game, change his game to complement what this roster currently has and not just, hey, I'm going to do what Darvin Hamm's telling me to do. I'm going to do what Polanco wants me to do not just say it, but actually have the ability to do it. And that's kind of the unknown with this Lakers roster and this Lakers team. That's where I kind of I take a step back and it's like, wow, they are from the moment that the season ended and you found out that the Lakers were not in contention, this is kind of an interesting situation that they find themselves in because I don't think they're going to get that much outside help. Remember those trades that we were talking about? Um, remember those those trades that we were talking about about maybe getting doing some type of a deal with the Indiana Pacers or the Charlotte Hornets, where the case is. I almost feel like that's getting less and less uh, likelihood. Let's take a quick phone call here. Let's go to Andre in Thousand Oaks. Andre, what's going on?
0: Hey, not much, Lee. Thanks for taking my call. Keep up the great work. Um, listen, Slee, I'm 60 years old, so I've been watching the Lakers for a long, long time, okay? And, and i probably predate many of your listeners. But let me say this. Really it's not a day to be sad. Really, John Wall, Kyrie Irving aren't coming to the Lakers? Oh my gosh, I'm heartbroken. Really? As a as a real Laker fan for that many years, I, I really don't care about that news. And you made a great point a few minutes ago about saying, let's recalibrate this thing for this upcoming season and say, hey, look, can we get back and be realistic about making it to the playoffs, making the play-in tournament? I mean, Let's let's start with the basics here. You know, I've seen the Lakers trade for Wilt as a little kid. I saw the Lakers trade and bring in Kareem uh, in in the early '80s. Okay, um, Shaq in the in the '90s and early 2000s. I mean, I've seen all of this happen. And you know what? Let's not put it all in a pipe dream and say, "Ooh, maybe we can get this guy or maybe we can get that guy." Laker fans need to be realistic about this upcoming season and know that the Lakers, as stands today, are going to be a mediocre team at best. Last time I checked, Devin Booker, KD, and Klay Thompson are not signing with the Lakers this offseason.
1: Andre, I appreciate you calling in. Okay, a couple things on that. Um, The Kyrie thing actually was interesting. Did I think it was going to happen? I did Lakers talk last week, and then even when I was doing the show, with Travis uh, Travis and Slee were doing it in the morning. I'm like, Travis, it's probably not going to happen. However, they're still talking about it today. Woj is still putting out tweets out there on a sign-in trade. Uh, Shams is still mentioning things. Sam Amick is still mentioning things. If you could be a fan of Kyrie or you could hate Kyrie, whatever you feel, Kyrie's a baller. Now, is he the best teammate? Probably not. Is his priorities basketball? Probably not. Brian Windhorst, I was talking to him earlier today, um, and he mentioned to me, he said that if Kyrie were were going to sign that $6.3 million, um, uh, that's what the Lakers had uh, as far as availability. If he was going to sign that, it would be the greatest $6.3 million ever spent in the history of the NBA, something along those lines. So I I think to have a little bit of hope on that, even though you didn't think it was going to happen, You kind of have no idea what Kyrie's going to do. The John Wall thing, I don't disagree with you on. John Wall, I have no idea what John Wall is going to be. So I'm not going to hype up. I'm not going to overhype John Wall. But if he was available and it was buyout market and you got him, I wouldn't say, no, you don't want John Wall. I'm sure the Lakers had interest in signing John Wall. The thing that sticks out more to me is that he didn't choose the Lakers. Guys like that figure in their own mind. he, He chose L.A., but he chose the Clippers. Guys like that are that are trying to go chase an NBA championship. A year ago that guy probably would have picked the Lakers. Two years ago, that guy would have probably picked the Lakers. Three years ago, that guy probably picks the Lakers. But this summer, it feels like it's going to be a little different. That you know, one of the things Andre said, I, I think expectations, that is the right expectation. Just make the playoffs. Because if you think you're going to be a top four team in the Western Conference, I, I kind of got to see it, right? Like I I think a lot of that uh, it, you're going to have a better record than Phoenix and Golden State and Memphis and a Dallas team and a healthier Denver team and the Clippers look like they're getting healthy. It's going to be a challenge. The West is a challenge. The West, Minnesota looks like they're an up-and-coming team. The Pelicans are look like they're an up-and-coming team. I don't know what's going to happen to the Utah Jazz Denver is eventually going to get Jamal Murray, Michael Porter. The Clippers, you got to imagine Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. These guys are coming back. And even if the Phoenix Suns aren't going to go win sixty-four more games, Phoenix Suns are a good team. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, did they choke in Game Seven against the Mavs? Absolutely, they did. Do you, do do you have less confidence that they compete for a chip? I agree. Yes, I'm with you. But it doesn't mean they're just all of a sudden not going to be a team contending in the West. So, uh, those are the things that I pay attention on. Um, Appreciate the call, Andre. If you guys want to be a part of Lakers Talk, 877-710-ESPN. When we come back, Jovan Buha covers the uh, Lakers for the Athletic. Had a uh, good piece with Malik Monk, uh, uh, I think it was was yesterday. So we'll get a chance to talk to him, get his thoughts on everything that uh, transpired within the last couple of hours. This is Lakers Talk on 710
2: ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base.
3: We know talent. Visit com today. All right, we'll
1: get a chance to uh, connect here with Yovan Buha in uh, a few minutes here or so. Um, Okay, so another thing I want to hit on here real quick, and it's kind of interesting, this time of the year, one of my favorite times of the year, by the way, and a lot of it has obviously to do with the NBA and the free agency and trades and players that can end up on the Laker roster or not. Yovan had a great piece about Malik Monk open to – taking less money to stay with the Lakers so Monk was actually one of the he's one of the bright spots of the season you know Malik Monk I thought you could walk away from last year and say hey this kid's got some real potential in the NBA I remember a story that Bron would watch him when he was in Charlotte and say man they're not using him enough and this guy's got a lot of opportunity I'm going to read off a quote here and then uh uh Larry, just keep me posted when Jovan's uh there and Oh, he's there. Okay. Now, here instead of me trying to explain uh, Jovan's piece here, we could just bring Jovan on. Jovan, thank you for uh, joining the show, buddy. Thanks uh, for doing this, Jovan, with the Athletic covers of Lakers.
4: Thanks for having me, man.
1: Okay, so I I was actually I was was getting to your piece here real quick, um, and and then we'll get into the Kyrie and the John Wall and everything else else that happened today. Malik Monk, I want to read off a, a quote from your interview with him. They might not be able to pay me as much as I want, but I could be here and be more comfortable as a Laker than going to any other team, uh, and they're paying me $5 million more. So it's just trying to figure out what team would really want me. I, I want. Can you walk through with me what you think the – what do you think Malik Monk, the interest level, is going to be from other teams out there? I thought he had a good season for the Lakers. I thought he was one of the few bright spots for the Lake Show. Do you think that um, – He's a, a, a true opportunity to come back, or could he be allured by a, a contract from another squad?
4: I think it's unlikely that he's back, to, to be honest. Um, I do think that he is going to get a offer in the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception. So there's the, the two mid-level exceptions. Non-taxpayer is worth about 10.3, 10.4. The taxpayer, which the Lakers have available, is worth about 6.4. So that's a substantial difference, Uh, you know, 4 million and over multiple years that obviously adds up. So I I do think ultimately he's likely to sign one of those types of deals somewhere in that 10 million-ish range annually. Uh, But, you know, you you never know how the market's going to play out. And, you know, there is a bit of a domino effect where, um, you know, one guy signs elsewhere and then that could, you know, increase the market or decrease the market. And, you know, the, the Kyrie situ- the situation obviously is going to kind of play a part in uh, how the market unfolds. But uh, as we've seen through free agency, you know, over the years, like it just takes one team to really have their eye on someone. And I think Belik, being a 24-year-old uh, former lottery pick just a few years ago, like that—that that is an attractive skill set. And I think coming off the season that he had, he's primed to be a, to, to me, someone in that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, you know, lineage where he could just come in and, and be your bench guy uh, that leads your second unit and, and maybe even starts depending on what your team looks like. So um, I do think that he he loves being in L.A. He he does want to I think if, if the Lakers could offer more money, I think he would stay in, uh, you know, in L.A. enough for uh, in a heartbeat. But I think ultimately, you know, as, as long as one suitor comes with, with more money, uh, I suspect he'll probably end up bolting somewhere else.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. I think the, I think a player like that who's 24 years old, coming off a year where he, um, the the Laker opportunity was a chance for him to put himself in this position so he can get a contract, mm-hmm. right? You're gonna get the exposure. Yeah. You're gonna get the national games. You're gonna get, you know, you're affiliated with LeBron and Russ and and Anthony Davis. So. I'm I'm with you on that. I wouldn't be surprised if a team comes in and sees him as a piece where you don't have to be a contender or anything like that. But they value him different. It's not that the Lakers don't value him, but that they could only offer so much money. Um, um, another piece of this that I, I kind of want to you know over the last you could say a couple of hours, few things have gone down. And in the morning, it felt one way about the Lakers, and now as things are just <laughs> kind of unfolding. Uh let me first get your thoughts on the John Wall thing because this is the way that I I see the John Wall situation. I don't know what player, I don't know what John Wall's got left in the tank. I really don't. We haven't seen him consistently on the basketball floor it feels like in a couple of years. And yeah. maybe um maybe he's still a very valuable player in the NBA, maybe not. But what does it say to you that the buyout happens? and he signs or it's being assumed he's going to eventually sign with the Clippers, that he's coming to L.A. and that he's not picking the Lakers, that he's going to Clippers. Am I reading too much into that, or do you think that that's a player that if he's trying to win is thinking he doesn't know if he can if he could accomplish that goal with the Lakers?
4: I think you're reading slightly too much into it. I mean, I do think if you are comparing the two rosters as they stand, I think the Clippers, with a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, are definitely in a better position than the Lakers are. I mean, just looking at the rest of their roster: Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, uh, Zubots, Like, and they're gonna probably re-sign Nicholas Batum. So, like, the, the Clippers are, I think, on paper, you know, definitely a better option if you are looking to contend. But to me, really, it comes down to I didn't even mention Reggie Jackson and. I think it comes down to opportunity, and I think John Wall, looking at the situation, uh, if Russell Westbrook is on the Lakers, uh, he's likely the starting point guard, and he's likely going to play a certain amount of minutes, and that could definitely change under Darvin Ham, and uh, you know, depending on how Westbrook fits in. And Ham has already talked about his defense and how important that's going to be. Um, but I think looking at if I'm John Wall, I think there's probably more of an opportunity uh, for me to carve out a role with the Clippers, and. You know, like, because for all intents and purposes, Russ is still the third star on the Lakers. And I think, again, there's just baked in a certain role, a certain playing time, where if John Wall's competing with, with Reggie Jackson, uh, it, it might be more of a meritocracy. Or at, at a minimum, he's going to be the, the backup point guard, maybe play, you know, 20 to 24 minutes a night. With the Lakers, you still have Kendrick Nunn there who was their primary free agent addition last last season coming back a guy who was was a big you know bench player in miami and then you also have even guys like taylor horton tucker austin reeves who can handle the ball a bit so i don't really think the lakers need a point guard i I think if you are getting rid of russell westbrook yes then i would have you know if i'm the lakers i have interest in john wall and maybe he could be your starter or or come off the bench but for the lakers having russ and none and multiple you know lebron's basically a point guard right so like, I don't think the Lakers need a point guard. I think the Lakers need 3-D and D wings. And, and that, to me, is, is going to be interesting to see how that market plays out. But I think you're reading too much into it. Uh, I mean, again, I, if you're comparing the teams, I think the Clippers are in a better spot right now. But I think for John Wall, it was more about opportunity.
1: This morning, we were uh, spending a lot of time doing my show this morning. And the conversation was about... Uh, Kyrie and is the guy really going to give up x amount of dollars, and is he really would he really come play for the Lakers for six point three million and We got our answer a couple of hours ago, so uh Kyrie obviously staying with the brooklyn nets um, you think Lakers were I know sometimes we're we're caught up in the media world and we're looking at all these stories, but do you think this was actually close? Do you think Kyrie was really? potentially trying to work his way to play for the Lakers? Or do you think ultimately he was going to end up like he is now with the Brooklyn Nets?
4: I I think it was, there was some legitimate smoke there um, from what I've heard. Uh, You know, I I do think he was considering taking the taxpayer MLE. Uh, You know, I think the Russell Westbrook situation is kind of the elephant in the room right there. Right. Because uh, you know, in the scenario that the Lakers used the taxpayer MLE on Kyrie Irving, You're now bringing him into a situation where, uh, you know, him and Russ, I mean, I don't think those two can share a backcourt, right? Um, Because Russ is not an off-ball shooter. So you kind of would have another mouth to feed, so to speak. And I just think the basketball fit would be pretty awkward. It'd almost be a situation where you'd have to almost certainly bring Russ off the bench and potentially just send him home and and almost just be like, hey, like, you're not going to be a part of this. We're going forward with Kyrie. Uh, But, I don't think that this is dead yet. Um, you know, I, I think the, the Kevin Durant domino. Uh, you know, reading the tea leaves, like it does seem like he is not happy with this Brooklyn situation, and I don't know if Kyrie Irving simply opting in to get his money is going to satisfy you know Kevin Durant and, and kind of uh, you know for, from reports have been out there he, he's not been talking to the Nets front office, and you know this situation to me feels like it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I think if Kevin Durant ends up you know, demanding a trade or, or forcing his way out, the second domino would obviously be Kyrie Irving. And I don't see the Nets keeping Kyrie Irving if they're trading Kevin Durant. So maybe their package deal and those two uh, end up you know, somewhere else in a, in a trade together. And I mean, that would have to be a lot of outgoing salary. And that's where your Lakers, you know, do you consider Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and a pick for KD and Kyrie Irving, or, um, you know, if KD goes somewhere else and they split up, you can still trade for us. uh, I mean, for, for Kyrie Irving, you would have to give up Russell Westbrook and you'd probably have to attach a pick or two uh, to, to kind of make the money, you know, and and kind of figure out the money there. But um, I don't, I don't think it's dead. I think it's less likely for sure. And, you know, had he opted out and and, you know, he would could have been uh, taken at 6.4 million and and that would have been a cleaner path. But um, I think if anything, like, you know, there's now more of a path for, the Lakers to potentially just flip Russ in a Kyrie deal and, and kind of put, you know, solve two issues, you know, get your third star and then get off the Westbrook contract. So um, again, like less likely overall that Kyrie ends up being a Laker now versus a few hours ago, but I don't think it's dead the way some people are characterizing it.
1: Yovan Buha covers the Lakers for the athletic, taking some time to join Lakers talk. Um, Yovan. So with that being said, how do you think, what do you think from a strategy perspective? We get into free agency. Um, I know there's not big-time names. It's not like the Lakers have all the flexibility in the world. How do you think the next week, week and a half, two weeks plays out?
4: Yeah, so one, one thing I've heard is that the Lakers are really focusing on 3 and D wings, and they're looking for who are the best available guys we can get for the, the taxpayer mid-level exception, and can we potentially get a couple guys and maybe split that over a couple guys um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what names are actually available. Uh, one development today was uh, the Athletics Warriors reporter Anthony Slater reported that the Warriors are really going to be targeting Kevon Looney and Gary Payton II, potentially yeah. making Otto Porter Jr. available. And I thought Otto Porter Jr. Uh, had a really solid season with the Warriors. He uh, is six foot eight, can play either forward position Uh, as a solid defender, not really the lockdown level maybe you would want, but again, you have limited resources. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And, you know, the one thing with him is, is, you know, his injury history isn't great. He is someone that has dealt with, uh, you know, several injuries throughout his career, but again, you know, you you, kind of have to, you know, prioritize certain things. And for me, he's got the size, he can play either forward spot. He's a good defender. He's a good three point shooter. He would check most of the boxes, You just have to figure out a way to keep him healthy, but he's someone I think would be really interesting if the Lakers could get him. I think he would fit perfectly next to LeBron and AD as a starting front court. Uh, And then beyond that, a couple names, Uh, I think they're going to look at the Martin twins, uh, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, uh, Gary Harris, uh, Daniel house jr. So those are some of the names I've heard floated out. Uh, But from what I've heard, Lakers are really looking at wings and they've kind of got the backcourt settled. Um, until they, you know, if they end up moving Russ, but you know, they, they got Russ, they got Kendrick, they got Taylor and they got Austin, like the, the backcourt guys I think are fine. And you obviously got LeBron and AD in the front court, but I think it's really going to be wings and, and maybe another big man is, is going to kind of be what you see over the next week or so. So um, I, I think the biggest domino is finding out, you know, who's our primary addition and are, do we split that among a couple guys or do we get a, a bigger name that we can maybe get to take a discount? So, uh, but I think Otto Porter Jr. and, and the Martins are, are some names to look at.
1: Yo, Yovon, final one for you, and I appreciate you taking the time. I, I'm, I'm trying to kind of set the proper expectations here because I think the names that you're mentioning, you're right, they're role players, and I listen, the question's going to be, do, do these role players, do they want to come play for the Lakers, or is there another team that they feel like they have maybe a better chance of winning or succeeding or whatever the case is? But the expectations going into next season, and I know right now we got to wait till the dust settles. But is it fair to say that if it was championship aspirations a year ago walking into last season, it, it, do you think those are now tempered to, look, just let's get to the playoffs and let's hope that it's, you know, you're a top six, maybe a top seven team in the Western Conference? The competition we know is going to be incredibly tough in the Western Conference. Teams are getting healthier um young teams are starting to show some more promise is it is it smarter to just look at this team as more of a just get to the playoffs and then figure it out from there is that is that the right expectation you think
4: i think so i i think but w- w- with the caveat that to me it really comes down to what happens with russell westbrook i i think that again you know you and i have had this conversation now multiple times like i just it's hard to look at what happened last season and take away uh, you know many positives from the Westbrook fit alongside LeBron and AD. So I think if they are ultimately able to trade him, whether it's for Kyrie or whether it's for multiple role players, like some of the rumor deals with Indiana or Charlotte, um, you know those trades to me would elevate this team's ceiling where then you know, I mean they get a Kyrie for, for Russ. I think you're talking about a contending team, a team that could be toward the top of the west. Uh, you, you get some depth back in like a, a Malcolm Brogdon, a Miles Turner, a Buddy Heald, or like a Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Uh, like, okay, now you're, you're talking about, you know, multiple starter level pieces coming in that I think w- would help this team's to depth. Uh, but if they kind of stand pat and keep Russ and, and just add, you know, one guy for the taxpayer, MLE and then add a, a, a few vet, minimum guys, like, yeah, I, I think this team is, is probably entering next season as a six or seven seed. And a team that you know maybe with the right matchup can win a first round series and, and get to the second round, but against the the elite of the West, the, the Golden States, the Memphises, the Dallases, got to remember. I mean, again, Clippers are going to be healthy with with Kawhi coming back. Oh yeah, Denver's getting Denver's getting Jamal Murray and Michael. Porter Minnesota's moving like, in the
1: right direction. Pelicans New moving or- in the right I mean, direction. New Orleans is getting Zion back. Like
4: yep. the, the West is absolutely loaded. Like the Lakers, I think with Russ are probably a playing team again. Uh, well, again, they weren't even a playing team this year, but <laughs> right. they're probably a playing team next season, mm-hmm. e- even with better health. So, I think for them, it comes down to like what you know. What, can we even move Russ at all? Because as I've reported, like the, you know, teams want at least one first round pick to take him back. The Lakers don't really want to attach that. I think they would attach it for Kyrie Irving, someone who could be a legitimate third star. But aside from that, I think they're very hesitant, and that to me is like the question of the off season: what happens with Russ? And that, to me, determines their ceiling.
1: Yovan, thank you, buddy. We uh, we always appreciate your time, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, okay? Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, that's Yovan Buha. we got to go to break. Stay right here. Final thoughts coming up next on Lakers Talk.
2: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
1: covering the Lakers for the athletic uh, I've known him now for five four or five years or so uh, he's fantastic make sure you follow him um, and his uh, certainly his coverage and I think you know it's interesting where we look at the expectations for the Lakers I kind of I find myself pausing every time and I'm trying to have realistic expectations this upcoming season by the time I do Lakers talk next week which will be on July 5th so actually a week from tomorrow nobody's going to work on 4th of July so on Tuesday we'll come back we'll do our shows and then I'll do Lakers talk i think we'll have a you know a little bit better of an idea of what's happening i think we have a better idea now than we did tw- what is it 4 hours ago or whatever the case is um but ultimately how they round up the rest of their roster I have some you know, I, I, I have some interest in, but to be honest with you, I'm more interested in how Anthony Davis plays this year. Is LeBron James is he still able to do what he did this past season in his twentieth year in the league? And how does Russ just find a way to be a factor? How does he find a way to still be somebody that you can look at um and you could say, Hey, he's an asset for this team and I don't really care how it happens. Uh, but that's, you know, obviously the most important thing is how do those players um how do those players fit in. There was uh after the Lakers on draft night. So they, they draft Max Christie at number thirty five. This is the guard out of Michigan State, is a shooting guard, two way player, three and D player, kind of more of what um Yovan was talking about that the Lakers will try to target in free agency. Um, but after uh, that was done, Palenka addressed media, and he was talking about Russ. He said, we've been honest about how we think he fits with his team and what we expect of him next year. If he des- decides to opt in and be here, we obviously expect that to happen. He's ready to embrace the philo- philosophy of defense first as well. He made that clear to Darvin and me if he chooses to come back. Um, there's uh, the, the the most important thing to me is how those three play together and are they healthy And then we could talk about whatever else happens from there. Um, The draft night, just real quick before we come to the end of the show. Draft night, I thought, you know, the Max Christie piece that I was talking about. The Lakers, look, give them some credit here. They've drafted Kuzma a little bit later. Uh, Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves, we know that they were working their way back. They had two-way contracts in the G League. And obviously playing on the Lakers roster and Alex Caruso turned it into a healthy contract with the Chicago Bulls. And Austin Reeves, I don't need to talk about, he's having a fantastic, had a fantastic season yesterday with the Lakers. We got some, uh, certainly have some expectations for him this upcoming year. I just wouldn't put any, I wouldn't put uh, too much stock into a young player like Max Christie. You know, Talen Horn Tucker walking into this season, we kept talking about how, hey, we think he could have more of an impact. We think that there's more that he can do with the Lakers. Coming into his third year, was the fourth highest player on the team and on the roster. But I think last year showed you it's really difficult to have impact at a young age. And Talen Horn Tucker n- never had the season that Laker fans were hoping for. I wasn't as optimistic as others when it came to that. So I just set that up with when Max Christie gets his opportunities and he's in the summer league. Be excited to see what this guy is all about, but don't expect in his rookie year for him to really have some impact. Um, Okay, a couple quick shout-outs here. First off, always appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, Thank you to Michael Funches, Laura Romo, Mario Ruiz, with his great uh, imaging as always. Um, I'm back on a week from tomorrow, again, the day after 4th of July. Laker fans, have a great rest of your night.